If you have your Bibles, we will be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. How many of you are hungry right now? This, uh, you are? Yeah, I am a little too. Um, this passage that we're going to be looking at is a part of our Tree Spirituality series, and we're going to be practically today looking at fasting. Um, and so, listen, we all understand delayed gratification, don't we? We know that a college education can pay big dividends or an apprenticeship in the trades can lead to a good job or a training that we do can do the same. And sometimes we do hard things. Um, But we do them because we look forward to what's happening in the future. Think about it. If you weren't starving, would you wait an additional 20 minutes for a perfectly grilled steak. Maybe. This is what we do as people. We can wait if we see something greater. Fasting, Jesus is saying and getting at here, is a little bit like this. Jesus promises that if we fast for God alone, that God will reward us. So the question is, Why don't we fast? Now, before I read this text, the background of this passage is found in the Sermon on the Mount. This is basically Jesus' sermon. This section of Scripture really is not an instruction manual for how to win favor with God. Rather um, than just doing things to try to earn our favor, it actually describes God's requirements for inward and moral righteousness. That is heart righteousness. Rather than outward and ceremonial righteousness or external righteousness, it actually reveals God's holiness and His perfect requirements. It is here where Jesus says, and you're probably familiar with it, be perfect as my Father, as your Father in heaven is perfect. And those who understand God's holiness and understand their own failure know that they need His mercy because why? We aren't perfect or complete in and of ourselves. Essentially, the Sermon on the Mount is for the poor in spirit. In other words, for those who know that they're sinners and know that they don't have what it takes to carry out God's righteous requirements. And so in short, the Sermon on the Mount is a call for us to run to Christ and to feed upon Him for our righteousness. It is a call to repent of self-righteousness, thinking that we're good and holy in and of ourselves, and to rely upon Christ for forgiveness, but also for righteousness. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and... Their fasting may be seen, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God is forever. Amen. Father, I come to you now through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would take the words that I say and what I am preaching 
and that it would only and always glorify your name and be what you want us to hear. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and would allow us now to worship you in spirit and in truth through the hearing of the word and that these words would not simply be words that we hear, that we would be people who would look in a mirror and forget what we see, but rather we would be people who would take your words and act upon them. And so we pray that your spirit would guide us and lead us into this. And we pray this through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, you know, in Jesus' day, many people would advertise their fasting by not combing their hair or trimming their beards, by smearing ashes all over their face, and this was actually what Jesus says is play acting. Really putting a mask on so that they would be seen by others. Jesus' point here is that true fasting is between you and God and no one else. It isn't something that you show off. It's living before God, not the world. So Jesus is challenging a corrupted practice within the church. And his disciples... He's not telling them that they shouldn't fast, but rather that their fasting should be completely different than the current practice of the religious of the day. Really, in bottom, their fasting should be about God and not about them. Now you notice as it begins, Jesus doesn't say, if you fast, does he? What does he say? When you fast. What does that mean? It really is saying every time that you fast, which we're logical people, I hope. What is that implying? That fasting is optional? No. It actually tells you that Jesus expects his people to fast. Now you'll notice that there isn't something that we see about explicitly how much or how often we do it. It just simply assumes that as believers, you're going to fast. So what is fasting? It is abstaining from food and or drink in its root for a multitude of reasons in order to draw close to God or to honor him. It is ultimately be done for God's glory and not for our selfishness. So the first thing we're going to see in our text is a worthless or empty fast. Jesus says that any fasting that people intentionally, where they intentionally make themselves gloomy or sullen, God won't recognize. People aren't supposed to dress up and act up so that they are kind of like in a funeral, so people notice them. You know, have you ever been and done that before where you were feeling really bad and you just, just, just wanted somebody to ask you how you were? So you were pretty not feeling good. So you made yourself, however, look a little bit more sullen than you were so that your loved one would look at you and say, how are you doing today? Have you ever done that? I have. If you have, you understand exactly what Jesus is saying. Don't do that. Don't do that with fasting. He's saying, don't 
change your appearance or distort your face so that you are recognized by others to be pious or to be doing this particular thing, which is fasting. In other words, when we fast, we shouldn't try to look pale, to look disheveled. So people ask us, what's wrong? And we say, oh, I'm fasting. This would not give us any honor before God. You get your honor, and that's it. That's what Jesus says. You have got your reward in full. So listen, if you want people to think that you're religious, you can fast, look disheveled, and they'll ask you, and you'll say, I'm fasting, right? And you'll get all your reward. But not from God, not from anywhere else. you just get your reward because they'll be like, wow, that person's religious. Good job. Attaboy. Attaboy. So basically, Jesus says, eh, that's kind of worthless. Because quite frankly, there are various types of fasts that were practiced by believers. Jesus could have been thinking about the fast of humiliation to express sorrow for one's sins from the tradition of the Day of Atonement that we mentioned last week or one of the other types of fast. But, but quite frankly, when you think about fasting, it doesn't matter the type of fast that we're talking about here. Because Jesus doesn't specify exactly which fast it is. He basically lumps them all together, all the types of fasting. And this one in particular, however, does seem like it tended to be one where people would put ashes upon their face make themselves disheveled, and you could see them so that people would know what they were doing. And so, essentially, I don't know if you notice in the text, it's actually pretty subtle in the original language. He actually says, don't make yourself unrecognizable so that you can be recognizable. That's what's going on. There's a wordplay going on here. See, you're, you're making yourself disheveled, unrecognizable from your normal happy self or whatever yourself is so that you look different, so that others will recognize you. So these people are like messing up their appearance so that people will see that their appearance and then have recognition. That's exactly what's going on. So Jesus is saying they're trying to be unrecognizable so that they can be recognized by others. So they're trying actually to act upon others. Do you know what I mean? So if I change my appearance so that you see me, then I am trying to act upon you so that I get recognition from you. Instead of allowing whatever that person is thinking or feeling to come back and just say when they're ready to say it, instead what we do is we try to get people to engage with us and do what we want, say what we want them to say so that we can be feel better about ourselves or whatever the case may be. This is what's going on. This is what Jesus is talking about. So really, they wanted everyone who came along in their path to see and recognize them for their piety. Oh, James, wow, it's so amazing you're fasting. Wow, man, you must really be following after God. Now, really, a worthless fast, is what we're talking about, is rewarded by the wrong person. Jesus says that with absolute finality, you get a full payment for what you're doing. You get everything that you wanted because you got noticed. You got recognized by people. So there you go. You got it. You get a trophy. Good job. Attaboy. That's it. That's what you get. 
Jesus is saying that this is all wrong, that, that it's worthless toward God. See, religiosity externally shown, but not true at its depth, right, inside of you, is only good for the people who see it. It doesn't do good internally and with God because it's externally focused. It's a heart that wants others to notice me. It's actually worshiping the wrong person. Anybody want to guess who it's worshiping? It's worshiping self, isn't it? You can actually say, well, it's worshiping others. No, 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 it's not. It's worshiping self. I want, I want you to see me. I want you to know that I'm a really religious person and I pray this and I fast this and I tithe this and I do this. And by the way, this whole section in Matthew chapter 6 is about that, isn't it? When you pray, don't do this, right? When you give, don't do this. It's all about God and you. Now, remember, our faith is not just me and God, but when you're doing acts to get other people to see you, that's the problem. And that's what Jesus is getting at. So let's talk about second, a valuable fast. He says, when we fast, basically, this is equivalent of getting yourself dressed up to go out on the town. Take a shower, trim your beard, cut your hair, wash your face, get all ready, put on perfume, put on cologne, make it look like everything's great and amazing for you. That's what Jesus says in his text. When you fast, get all cleaned up. Don't let a single soul know that you are fasting. That's what the text says. And so, try to keep people from knowing that you're fasting. See, a valuable fast is unrecognizable by others. Others can't recognize your fast. Why? So that only God knows that you are fasting. It's to honor God with our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. So we should keep others from knowing what we're doing because it's all about honoring God. Our fasting is a private act between us and God. If you fast, when you fast, it is a private act between you and God. The idea here is that fasting should be done out of a sincere act of devotion to God alone. We are not doing it to benefit ourselves. Do you understand that? Fasting is not done to benefit yourself. So it should be done as inconspicuously as possible. You shouldn't, people shouldn't know. God cannot be seen by people is what Jesus says. He does not look at external appearances. Did you catch why we, we read, as, as Tiffany read 1 Samuel? Did you catch that? Did you see why I, I was doing that? The, the, oh, these guys are great. They look good. And God said, God does not judge by external appearances. Rather, he judges based upon the heart. And so doing a bunch of stuff for physical appearance doesn't do any good at all. It's all about the heart. Note, just like we see in the Lord's Prayer, this is a relationship with us, isn't it? He says that when you fast, and then he goes on, he says, when you fast, not your hold, that your fasting may not be seen by, by others, but by 
your Father. Fasting is relationship. Prayer is relationship. It, fasting is not transactional. I do, I get. Prayer is not transactional. I do, I get. That is religiosity. That is false religion. That is not the gospel. The gospel is you have a relationship with your father and you can cry out, Abba, Father, dearest father, daddy. That's the point. Fasting is a continuation of that relationship. And so we are not to fast to humans because they can't do anything for us. They can't forgive us. They don't know about our sorrow. They can't change the world. Only God can. This is why we fast to God and to God alone. <clears throat> now, a valuable fast is rewarded by God. God sees us when no one else does. If we are fasting to honor him, he will honor us. That's what Jesus says. It's right in the text. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. The point is not, and I do this and you do that but that God cares about our hearts and God rewards those who are diligently seeking him. And fasting, by the way, is another way to diligently seek God. Finally, that point is that Jesus tells us that we'll be rewarded, and by the way, that's in the future tense. He doesn't give it in the present tense. In the original language, it's future tense. Quite frankly, you ask, might ask me, well, James, if I fast, when I fast... What is my reward? I don't know. Sorry, can't tell you. That's between you and God. One day, you'll know what that reward is when you fast. See, especially, kids are especially good. You probably, kids that are in here, you probably especially know this. Like, you want to know what the punishment is before... You, you, you'll do something if you know what the punishment is, right? It's like, well, that's fine. I'm going to do it anyway, so I know the punishment is. But you don't, when you don't know what the punishment is, you're like, oh! right? And then if you know what the reward is, you'll do it. Clean your room and you'll get a cookie and you're like, yeah, right? And you're off after it. Why? Because we want to know what the reward is before we put effort in. Jesus says, I'm sorry, I can't tell you what the reward is, but you need to put the effort in. But here's the thing. God, the maker of heaven and earth, I bet you his rewards are a lot better than a cookie. Just saying. So, he made the cookie, right? I mean, well, you know, he made stuff to make the cookie. Now, okay, let's, let's apply this and, 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 and figure out, where, let's talk about practical stuff with fasting and things like this. So, now that we see how to make sure that our fast has value, how do we actually go about fasting? Let's think about how the Christians, the early Christians did it. So, the when, the when. They would often fast twice a week. They would do it on Wednesday and on Friday. Why? The point was to draw close to God. They were supremely committed to him, and they showed their commitment by fasting to express grief, sorrow for sin, to secure guidance, to do what he wanted them to do, to get help, to get a hearing from God, and to humble themselves before them. Those were the various reasons. That was the why. So the when, they did it Wednesday, Friday, the why to draw close to God. And then I'd say the watch out. What's the watch out? 
Well, the watch out is that first you have to be careful that you don't trick yourself into thinking that you are a rock star Christian because you're fasting. That doesn't mean you're a rock star Christian because you fast. Second, don't do it just to get stuff. That's terrible motivation. Terrible. And third, don't do it to be noticed by others. In all these things, you can be drawn away from God instead of to Him. Okay, now, that is the when, the why, the watch out, but now what about the what kind? Well, there are four types of fasting that seem to have biblical support. First, normal fasting. Okay, normal fasting was when you abstain from all food, whether solid or liquid, but not from water. Right? So you would abstain from all food, but not water. It was usually done to prepare for a significant event, like Jesus for his ministry. Okay? Second, partial fasting. So a partial fast is a restriction of diet, where you might not eat meat or drink wine, for instance, like Daniel for three weeks of mourning. Okay? So a partial, partial fast. Third, absolute fasting, where for a very short period of time, an urgent period of time, you abstain from all food and water. Short period of time. You die if you don't drink water, right? So, so abstaining from all food for a prolonged period of time is not a good idea. Now, this is ultimately was done um, to determine God's leading or get God's help like Esther did or Paul. That, that's an example of that. And then fourth is private and corporate fasting, where God's people usually uh, uh, um, would, would either privately or corporately come together, and they would keep themselves from food, like the Day of Atonement, uh, in times of national emergency, like in 2 Chronicles 20, or seeking God's guidance in prayer, in Ezra. Okay, so that is the what kind. Now, what about the how? Jesus makes it clear that when we fast, we should do what we normally do to look our best. If you do all sorts of weird stuff when you fast, you've already, you're already way down the, the, the line, as I've mentioned. Take a shower, wash, clean yourself up, make sure you look nice, make sure that you and God are the only people that know that you're fasting. So, don't get hangry. That's one. If you're hangry... You've kind of like, and people will be like, get some food. You ever had people say that to you? I have. You're hungry. Get some food. If you're at that place, that's not a good fast. Now, as God's disciples fasted, they went kind of uh, really about their semi-normal life, living before an audience of one, God. So listen, it's a matter of the heart. It's between you and God. It must be done for God's sake and to to God and not for selfish gain. The real point of fasting is to get our eyes fixed upon Christ, fixed upon God, feeding upon Jesus Christ, to get your eyes off of yourself. That is the heart of the matter. Now, Jesus is concerned about the motive behind obedience to regulations and other duties, not simply to have some sort of external compliance, but really the, ma- the issue of the matter, the heart of the matter, is a matter of the heart. What are your motives? Why are you doing it? I, I will often tell people, listen, you've got to live in your motives as a Christian. Why do you do stuff? Like, you just do stuff to do stuff? That's not pleasing to God. 
I mean, you should obey. That's not what I'm saying. But you, you don't just do religious stuff because you think, I don't know, like maybe I should just do religious stuff. That's really not what it's about. Are we doing these things because we're grateful to God for Christ, for his work in us, for calling us in his kingdom, or are we doing it because of the reward we might get? So in this whole section, you've got giving, praying, and fasting. And they're very valuable, Jesus holds out. They're valuable in developing personal righteousness, and God will reward them if they are not done as play-acting to be recognized by people, to be approved of by the religious establishment. Well, my pastor knows I'm fasting. My pastor knows I'm reading. My elders know I'm doing this. No, 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 no. They're already wrong. That's already the bad, bad, bad start. Don't do that. Otherwise, the reward is the recognition that you get when you do that. Now, do we and will we all have mixed motives? Absolutely. You're not going to be able to do a perfect fast. But the issue is really this. Are we intentionally acting out of mixed motives? Are you acting intentionally out of mixed motives? That's the point of fasting. If you go into fasting and say, I'm doing this so I'll be recognized, that is mixed motives at the outset. Now, if you've got some weird mixed motives in it, okay, but your heart isn't living in mixed motives or out of mixed motives. See, as true disciples of Christ operate out of gratitude for the salvation given to us by Christ who rescued us. So if we want to fast, and we should, we should make sure our why is solid and is pleasing to the Lord. Now, I want us to think about the one true ultimate motive for fasting, and then I'll get into a couple extra ones. But before we do, we must remember that the ultimate motive should be to please God wholeheartedly in gratitude for what has been done for us in Christ. I wrote the sermon... And I was praying later in the week, and I'm like, something's missing. And I was like, oh, it's Jesus. That's what's missing. <laughs> so now, let me bring you Jesus. Okay? So, Jesus, when he was fasting in the wilderness, quoted Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And he humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes out from the mouth of the Lord. What does Jesus, that Deuteronomy 8, was it saying? Our hunger was to show us that God is our true food. That's what Moses wrote. That's what Jesus quoted the devil when he said, why don't you take these rocks and make them into stone? He quoted Deuteronomy where the people were hungry and weren't getting the kind of food they want. They were having to be fed on manna. And and that whole point of that is, listen, I'll give you the manna, which is food from me. And that's supposed to show you that all your life and all your sustenance and everything you get is from me and from me alone. And then Jesus, later on, made it clear what that food is. He said in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. 
I, Jesus, am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, me, he's saying, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. When we fast properly, we are feeding upon Christ Jesus. We are saying, I don't need physical food for me to have everything that I need. I only need God. I only need God as found in the face of Jesus Christ. Think about it. What if you and I were living right now in a country where there was no water and a drought and there was no food? Would Jesus be enough for us? If we didn't have physical food or had to eat grass off the ground or something, would Jesus be enough for us? Jesus says, I'm enough for you. I'm the bread of life. I'm the only food that you truly need. He doesn't say don't eat. But he's saying that hunger is a thing which shows you that you're missing something. Why? You ever ask the question, why do we get hungry? I actually think the answer is not because it's the way the body works, though it is. Because if you don't get food, you die. I actually think there's a greater thing, which is to show you that you need God, that you need God as found in the face of Christ. That's why we hunger. And fasting is entering into that in a very real way so that the hunger pains show you that you don't need anything but God. I think that that's the point of fasting in general. So when we fast properly, we feed on Christ. So now there's four real quick motives and then we'll, I'll, I'll give you something super practical to do. So first is love in response to God's love for us. Since we have experienced true love, it moves us to love him and others. Second, to emulate Jesus so that we are like our master. Third, to avoid the loss of joy. How? When we seek God, we have his presence with us. This is our greatest source of joy. So I actually believe that when you fast, God becomes very real and present to you. If you're doing it for the right motives to seek him, he will become present in your hunger. I mean like he's like somehow morphs here, you see him? No. But in your soul, you, you appropriate Christ because Christ says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. So when you say, I don't need that, I need him, he appropriates himself to you so that you then can see and know Jesus in a more real way than if you just go run to the cabinet and get a ho-ho. So, Fourth, future reward. Those who give, pray, and fast in secrecy will be rewarded. Rewards are really a byproduct of a God-centered and other-concerned life. If we focus on these, then we center on self, and that's hypocrisy. Now, final point. Do not fast to earn entrance into the kingdom of heaven or to gain some advanced standing before your father. As if, oh, here's James, and I fast more than him, so as far as God is, I'm running the race, I'm in front of him. That's not, right, that's not it. You, you don't want to live like that. We do it rather to conform our external expression with an external expression to the inward reality that you have what you need in Christ. 
that which God has worked in our hearts through Christ, and we then experience the life of Christ in us. Acts of righteousness simply bring congruence between the inner righteousness in Christ and an experiential righteousness externally. That's what these things do, right? The, the, the reality of who you are, that you know Jesus, and then externally you practice something that shows a congruency, an alignment between what you believe inside and what you do outside. Does that make sense? So, essentially, um, acts of righteousness then are the development of experiential righteousness in this life, which Christ displayed at all times, by the way. Interestingly enough, you know, so fasting allows us to detach from this world, to see our citizenship is not from below, but from heaven, and when we do, we're feeding on Christ. So what's next? If you are like me, probably at some point in your life you've tried to fast, or you fasted. If you haven't, that's okay, because it's really not taught in the church, quite frankly. You've probably read it, but you're like, how do I do it? I don't understand. What do I do? Right? So maybe you have done it and become discouraged because it's difficult and can seem to be a little too much like works righteousness. Oh, this feels like I'm trying to earn something before God. That is not a reason not to fast. You just have to get your heart right. Now, Jesus makes it clear that fasting is all about a heart that longs for God and is aware of him. It's actually having a heart that is not living for self, but a heart that is beating for God, a heart that cares for others. So here is what I'm going to suggest. That this coming week, that we start out trying a simple fast if your health allows it. I mean, there are some people who, you know, they've got to have something. I understand that. So we have to take into account that. I'm not trying to ask you to kill yourself or to injure yourself. That's not what I'm doing. But simply forego one meal, just one meal, once a week for the next month. And before you do, though, Ask God to help you do it with the right attitude and the right heart. Say, Father, I want to fast for one meal once a week for four weeks, but I don't want to do it for righteousness, my own righteousness, to earn anything before you. I want to do it just to draw close to you. I want to do it to feed on Christ. And then when you're hungry during that period of time, eight hours, four hours, whatever it is, Use that hunger to pray and give him thanks for all that you have when you're not fasting. And if you can't fast for health reasons, then try to do something different with your meal, like just try to eat the bare necessities and something simple, perhaps. And when you do this, here's the point that we brought out last week. Take the money from that meal and use that money and give it to someone who's in need. Maybe find somebody on the streets in Nashua, maybe a friend, maybe a family member who needs money or whatever the case may be, and just give it, or a brother and sister needs money, and just give it to them. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It could be five bucks or something. But the money that you normally would have spent on that meal, calculate it, figure it out for the month, and then give it at the end of the month. And you could do a fast where you don't go out to eat. That might be a considerable amount of money. whatever the case may be, however many kids you have, depends. Um, Remember, fasting is not about getting stuff. Fasting is about feeding on Jesus. It is about having Christ at the center of all that you do, all that you are. It gets your focus off of self and turns it back to the one whom you love and you worship and gave everything for. Father, 
we come before you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and we ask that you would allow us to feed upon you. Feed upon you, Lord Jesus, the bread of life. Enable us, Father, through your Spirit to do that. We pray, Father, that you would enable us to drink from the streams of living water, which is Jesus Christ. Allow us to live in the reality of all that you are. Help us not to live in religious formalities, but in true righteousness in and through Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his matchless name. Amen. Well, if you would stand with me uh, and turn to hymn number 234 in the Trinity hymnal, we'll